You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. All right, man, I love worshiping Jesus. And we're just going to continue on in that worship. Um, As we dig into God's Word, we're going to be, again, kind of all throughout the book of Job. This morning, um, this is week three of this series, and in week one, we looked at the the life of Job before suffering, the beginning of his suffering, and then how he chose faith really in the midst of that suffering, and what it what it doesn't look like to choose faith in the midst of suffering, and what it does look like to choose faith. And then last week, we looked at some wise counsel and some questions to ask when we're giving or receiving counsel, right? Is it biblical? Is it factual? Is it necessary? And is it spoken in love? So I hope maybe this past week as you've been giving advice or receiving advice, you've thought about those questions and you've kind of lined up that counsel with that. So this morning, what we're going to do is we were going to talk about wisdom and and there's a lot of wisdom in this book, but the the spirit just kind of changed that up. And so I'm going to show you this morning the gospel through the book of Job. And it's really, it's kind of ironic, it's really crazy, and it's really powerful the fact that this Old Testament book points to Jesus. And if you study Scripture at all, you'll begin to realize that everything points to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. And that's why we always say here it's all about him. It always has been and it always will be. It's not about Impact Church. It's not about the person standing on this stage. And to be really honest, I love you guys, but it's not about you either. It's about Jesus. Now, Jesus uses us. We all have gifts. We're all part of the body. That's important. We talk about that. But ultimately, It all points to Him. And we see in the book of Job how the gospel is really presented. And I want to, to the best of my ability, not to to do something great, the best of my ability to allow the Spirit to move. And my ability to allow the Spirit to move is just to say, hey, Dustin, get out of the way and let the Spirit do what the Spirit does. So this morning, my biggest prayer, my heart, is that the Spirit will just move in this place. And that He will speak to hearts. And that He will change minds in this room. And it's, it's really not, no matter what you guys may think, it's not my job to change your mind. It's not my job to change your heart. It's my job to tell you the truth of the gospel of Jesus. And I'm going to do that this morning. And I'm going to trust that the Spirit is going to do something in your life today. We're going to trust and we're expecting that you are not going to leave this room the same way that you walked in. And that's all because of who He is and what He's going to do. What I want to show you this morning is how Job talks about a lot of things, but there's three specific things in Job that we can really take and we can apply it to who God is. Number one is this, He is the lifter. He is the lifter. Now, 
I don't know how many of you have had babies, right? And I, I get in trouble sometimes when I say this because although I have three kids, I'm reminded often that I didn't have three babies, right? So there's a difference between having kids and then someone having a baby, right? And whatever that difference may be, y'all can, y'all can figure that part out. There are kids in the room this morning. But, man, when that little baby's born and you got to hold them, right? For me, I wanted to do like a Lion King type hold and just hold that little sucker up and be like, yes, here it is. Here's the baby. You can't do that because they can't support their own head, right? So their head's all bobbling around. It's like, I don't know if you collect bobbleheads. I don't, but I do like them. And their heads are just, and get, I did find this in some research this week that you can order your own bobblehead. So, Pastor Appreciation Month is in October. So if you guys want to order me a Dustin bobblehead for my desk, that would be fantastic. Order two because I think my wife would love to have one on her desk at work as well. But man, God is the lifter. Look at Job 2. Verses 7 and 8, it says this. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. This is the second time that he goes out and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Now we talked about this in week one, how Job lost everything that he had. God said, hey, you can you can take everything. Don't touch Job. So Satan went out and Job lost everything. And then they had another heavenly meeting and Satan gets permission to touch Job but not to take his life. So this is that second meeting where he goes and he gives what they think is boils all over his body. He takes some pottery and he begins to scrape himself because they just hurt so bad. And he's sitting in a heap of ashes. Now this is very important because what the ashes represented here was just mourning and agony, and pain, and just an emotional depression of sorts. So here he is sitting in this heap of ashes, hurting physically. He is is emotionally drained from losing all of the material stuff he had and all of his kids. And he's sitting there and he's scraping these boils, these sores off of his body just to try to get some relief. And he is sitting in a heap of ashes. And then in Job 5, Job says this, He sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. So he's saying, hey, so the humble, they're lifted up. Those who are, who are in need, they're lifted up. Those who are, who are hurting, who are mourning, they're lifted up. And I want you to see something here in 1 Samuel 2. The beginning of verse 8 says this, He raises up the poor from the what? From the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, to make them sit on high. Man, here's what I want you to know this morning. That as we sit and we mourn in the, in the heap of ashes, we serve a God who is the lifter. We serve a God who picks us up out of the ashes and lifts us high. Not for our sake, not for our glory, but for His sake and for the glory of His kingdom. We are lifted out of the ashes. Some of you may be sitting in a pile of ashes this morning. 
suffering, just in mourning, hurting more than you've ever hurt in your life. And the good news about this, if, and, and maybe you're sitting there like, yeah, so there, there is no good news. Like this is so bad that no matter what you say, there's no good news. The good news is this, that we serve a God who can lift you out of that. And if you talk to other people in this room, I guarantee you that they have a story where they were sitting in the ashes and the Savior of the world lifted them out of those ashes and lifted them up. And that's called a testimony. That's called a witness. That's called a story that you've been given to share with the world. Man, we serve a God who is the lifter. Psalm 3.3 says this, and this is one of my favorite verses. It says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. Listen, when we are so weak, and we're wobbling around, and our heads are bobbling, and we just don't know where to go, guess what? We serve a God who is the lifter of our head. And I want you to think about that baby. I want you to think about how you have to hold that little baby, and you have to support that baby's head. And if you don't, I can tell you what happens because I've been there, right? The head goes back. Mama's like, hey, you just killed the kid. I didn't. Our kids are fine for the most part. If you've met them, maybe, maybe I did let them bobble a little too much. But they're beautiful and they're amazing. But man, there's a difference, right? If that, the baby's head is, it is just wobbly. It's bobbling. It can't hold its head up. And man, as human beings, we cannot hold our own head up. And we live in a world that is consuming us as human beings. We cannot hold our head up in this world on our own. But praise be to God who is the lifter of our head. He carries us around. Now I want you to know, and I, I said this in week one, and I've said this in the past, but I'm not telling you that God's going to take you out of the situation. I'm telling you that God will carry you through the situation. So many times we just want to be taken out. We want to be removed from the suffering. And I get it. I'm the same way. I don't want to suffer. But sometimes God doesn't remove you from the suffering. He lifts your head up during the suffering and then He walks you through the suffering. And as we'll see in two weeks, as we close this series, there's a, there's a purpose. There's a purpose in the process. And although we may not know it as we go through, you know, we can trust the fact that God is the lifter. Number two is this. Jesus is the mediator. Job 9, verse 2 and 3 says, Truly I know that it is so, but how can a man be in the right before God? If one wished to contend with him, one could not answer him once in a thousand times. So here, Job is saying, hey, how can any man like argue with God? How can he try to tell God his side of the story? God is just too big for that. And then he tells about how big God is. And then if you jump down to verse 32, he says this, For he is not a man as I am, that I might answer him, that we should come to trial together. There is no arbiter between us who might lay his hand on both of us. So here Job is saying, if only there was a mediator. If only there was an arbiter between me and God. Man, maybe it would make this suffering a little easier. 
And you got to remember that when this was written, when this happened, Jesus hadn't come yet. So the only way to God was through the high priest once a year. We've talked about that a lot. They had to sacrifice. They had to do all this stuff. And that was, that was how they handled all of that. And Job is saying, man, if there was only someone who would really have his hand on me and have his hand on God, then that would change life. And then we see in 1 Timothy this. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man of Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. I want you to understand this morning that we do have a mediator and his name is Jesus. That we have direct access to Almighty God because of the mediator himself, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom, as a payment for us. There's one. I want to be really clear about this. There's one mediator and his name is Jesus. There's no other mediator. It's just him. Jesus is the mediator. John 14 says, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. He's it. Period. Jesus is the only way to access to God. Jesus is the mediator. So in Job, he's crying out and he's saying, hey, if only there were a mediator. And then God says, hey, I'm going to send that mediator for you and we get to experience the blessing and the glory of that relationship because of Jesus. Because of who He is and because of what He's done for us. This is the truth of the Gospel. The truth of the Gospel is that we needed someone to pay the debt that we could not pay. And I'm going to talk to the kids in here for just a second. But I want you to understand something. I want you to understand that you are a precious gift from God. All of you. You're a precious gift from God. He loves you. He loves you more than mom loves you. He loves you more than dad loves you. He loves you more than you could ever even imagine. And because that you've sinned and because I've sinned, we are separated from God. But Jesus loved you enough to die on a cross for you. And I know you hear that a lot maybe at church, but I want you to understand something in this place right now that God died for you. That He sent Jesus on a rescue mission to rescue you. Man, how great is that? That Jesus loves you enough, no matter how old you are in this room, that He loved you enough to take your place and to pay the debt for you. And now He's the mediator for us. I can't tell you how many times this week that my heart has just hurt. And I've cried out to God saying, hey, what what am I supposed to do as a pastor to answer these questions? Because there's so many questions. There's so many people hurting. And I'm in a position 
where people ask me questions all the time. Man, I've cried out because I don't understand. Man, the blessing is that is that when I cry out, He hears my cries because of Jesus being the mediator for me. And it's the same for you. Once you begin a relationship with Jesus, you have access to the Father. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through a chaplain. You don't have to go through your mama. You don't have to go through anybody. Jesus is the mediator. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Number three is this, and we're just going to land here for the rest of our time, but He is the Redeemer. He is the Redeemer in Job 19.25. He says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last He will stand upon the earth. And there was a song that came out a long time ago called My Redeemer Lives, and it was, it was, a, it was a great song. I'm assuming it's still a great song. I just hadn't heard it in a while. But man, but for I know that my Redeemer lives. God is alive right now. And His Spirit is in this place. Now we serve a Redeemer who lives. And Job is going through the worst imaginable suffering that he could go through. And his response is, for I know that my Redeemer lives. And at last, I will see Him. He will stand as victorious as you can stand. He is the Redeemer of the world. Now, what a testament that is. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So this is what happens. This is redemption. Redemption is that we were sinners. And because of our sin, we've fallen away from God's glory, His perfection, His standard. All of us, not just me, not just you, but every single person in this room, we've fallen short of God's standard. And because of that, the punishment of that, that sin is death, separation from God in a real place called hell. But He loved us enough and that while we were still sinners, He sent Jesus on a rescue mission to die for us. And the gift, of the, the gift is that we get to receive eternal life through Him. That He becomes the way. That He becomes the mediator. That He has redeemed us. How many of you love gift cards? Raise your hand high. You can be honest. Okay? I do too. I hate spending money. So if somebody gives me a gift card, I'm all for it. Except, just going to be honest and vulnerable, I lose them a lot. So unless I give them to Ashley, they're probably never getting used because I'm going to lose it. I don't know where it is. So I've been looking for a Cold Stone, um, which is one of my favorite places. They have a peanut butter cup perfection that I get in a milkshake, and it is just, it is heavenly. It is amazing. And I have a gift card to Cold Stone, two of them, and I have no idea where either one of them are. And I've had them for a long time. So if you want to get me a Cold Stone gift card, again, Pastor Appreciation is in October. Bobblehead gift card. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna work this thing out. We're going to get some good gifts. 
But man, this is the thing with gift cards, right? They're great. You can get, you can have it, you can get it, but you eventually, if you want it to have some benefit, you have to redeem that gift card. You have to use it. And what Jesus did is he has, he's given you that. He's already paid the price. It's up to you to apply it. So in this place, there's some people sitting in this room that have never applied that gift to their life. They've never started a relationship with Jesus. And today, my friend, could be the day of salvation for you. He is our Redeemer and He lives. And He will live forevermore. Man, what a Savior we serve. Here's here's the truth though. John chapter 1. He was in the world and the world was made through Him, yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Here's the thing. There are people who just don't receive Him. There are people who think they're too cool to receive Him. There are people who who just, they don't think that they need to receive Him. There are people who just get really hurt and they decide to run away from Him instead of toward Him. There's a lot of different reasons, but Scripture is clear that there are people who just say no. But for those who do receive Him, they are called and counted as children of God. And we're adopted into the family of God. And there's no better Father than our Heavenly Father. So my question for you this morning is have you applied the gift of salvation to your life? And we know that we serve a God who is the lifter. And some of you may be sitting in this room and you just need to be lifted up this morning. Maybe you're just hurting and you just need, you need to know and you need that encouragement that He's lifting you up. Some of you, maybe you just, you've been struggling with communicating with God, just thinking that you're, you're not good enough or there's just stuff going on around you that you can't connect. And I want you to be encouraged this morning, that Jesus is the mediator, and as long as you have a relationship with Him, you have access to the Father. You have access to the Father, and and Scripture teaches us that even when we don't know what to pray, that the Spirit will pray for us. When we don't have the words, that the Spirit knows our heart, and the Spirit, man, what... What a joy, what a privilege, what an honor it is to be a part of the family of God. And some of you just need to apply the gift of salvation to your life. And today is going to be the day of salvation for you. Maybe when you were younger, maybe you said a prayer. And maybe you thought that you were good and you came down front. Maybe you went to a church like me where the pastor was down here and we were singing Jesus paid it all or, or some kind of song like that. And if nobody came down after the first six verses, we were, we were repeating because there's somebody out there, right, that needs Jesus. 
And after verse 18, you decided, I just want to go eat. I'm going down, so he'll stop. Maybe that was you. And maybe you never had a real heart experience with the Savior of the world. And maybe you've been going to church and maybe you, you know the verses, maybe you know the answers, but you've never applied it to your life. And today could be the day of salvation for you. Or maybe you've never even got to that point. You've never decided that you wanted to get there. And today, you want to decide to give your life to Jesus. And there's a celebration in heaven when someone is brought from death to life. I'll tell you what else. There's a celebration at Impact Church when someone is brought from death to life. That's why we do what we do. We exist so people will know God's love. Not know about God's love, but know God's love on a personal, intimate level to experience His love and to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.